Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. There's been a lot of skepticism from Democrats about President Biden running again in 2024. Uh, Many have argued uh, that his age, his approval ratings uh, have been too low to carry him uh, or the 2022 candidates across the finish line. But could last night's positive results change everything for President Biden's calculus Uh, as it relates to 2024. And to help us break all of that down, Audrey Falberg is a reporter for The Dispatch covering Congress and campaigns. We always love our friends from The Dispatch. Uh, Audrey, thanks for joining us the day after. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, So let's take a look at this. We were kind of comparing this to, I think there were some Democratic strategists uh, who were kind of thinking, well, if we are going to lose the House anyway, it might be better to lose a little bigger (laughs) Because then they'd have to make a change uh, at the top of the ticket for 2024. But it's sort of like that football team that's not going to make the playoffs, but they have a nice little run at the end. Uh, do they win just enough to keep the head coach uh, for one more year? Uh, give us a breakdown. How did you sense that uh, coming out of Election Day? What does that do to President Biden's calculus? Sure, sure. So obviously it was a much better night than um Democrats had originally expected there was no red tsunami, as many people had predicted. It's at best a ripple. We still don't know what the margin will be in the House. Um, obviously, George is going to run off Senate. Uh, still a couple of races to, to be called there. Um, but Democrats are really interpreting the results from last night as a repudiation of Trump and his movement and a vindication of Biden's strategy and his team. Um, as I wrote in the story today, I think it's really important to look to this summer. So there were a lot of growing concerns among Democrats about whether he should run for Biden should run for re-election in 2024. Um, and these just weren't anonymous leaks, right? These are sitting Democratic lawmakers um, acknowledging this publicly with reporters. Um, yeah. For example, um, I spoke with uh, Democratic House um, Services Chairman uh, Adam Smith about this in July. And he said, quote, the conversation started and people are participating in it. In it, um, these concerns grew much louder. As you mentioned, Biden had terrible approval ratings throughout the entire midterm cycle. Um, for most of his cycle, his popularity, uh, la- his poor approval ratings lagged in the low 40s. Right, um, there was this really eye-popping New York Times Santa College poll, which has his approval ratings among uh, registered voters at just 33 percent. In that same poll, only 26 percent of Democratic voters said that Biden should run for re-election. So, mm. you know, that's really those aren't really great numbers. Right. But, you know, they're looking at uh, the, the numbers from last night and they're thinking, you know, maybe we've got to re- reevaluate this. Maybe he didn't uh, 
hurt us as much as we thought. Yeah, w- winning winning covers a multitude of sins and problems, <laughs> I think. And, and so there, there's an element of that. I wanted to ask you specifically, you had this in your piece at the Dispatch, uh, which is just a great analysis, but you talk about the uh, kind of the octogenarian leadership in the party from Nancy Pelosi, Steny Hoyer, uh, Jim Clyburn. And there's a lot of interesting things bubbling up uh, about the uh, the caucus chair, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, at only 52, he's a youngin. Uh, in terms of maybe mm-hmm. that changing of the guard, how do you assess that? Sure. Yeah, Clyburn, uh, House Democrats whip, recently said in an interview with Politico, I believe that you know if Jeffries wants to climb the the ranks of leadership, he's not going to stand in his way. He understands that um, you know the party probably needs at least one new uh, fresh face. There's a lot of talk about. Nancy Pelosi potentially stepping down. So if we even get one vacancy, that could mean, um, you know, maybe some congressional Democrats who are concerned about Biden's age. He'll be 80 um, in a matter of days. Um, you know, if they get one younger leader in the House, maybe that'll satiate some of those concerns. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trump isn't exactly a young in either. So if he decides to run for re-election, would be quite, quite the rematch. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a, a fascinating thing to look at. I'm, I'm not sure we're ready to. I don't want to swallow that just yet. Let's, can we save that one to January? <laughs> I don't think we're there. Well, we we may get an announcement soon, right? Trump keeps yeah. teasing a big announcement in the next week. Um, obviously, Republicans, if that were to happen, wouldn't be thrilled by that. Um, considering Georgia looks like to go to a, a runoff, right? And um, uh, you know, Georgia's runoff last time didn't go particularly well for, for Republicans. So, so that's definitely a concern. Yeah. And do you think that, uh, just curious if you think that changes the calculus for, uh, for team Trump in terms of when they do that announcement, uh, knowing that it, it's going to have to be harder, I think for Herschel Walker in just a solo head to head, uh, no additional, uh, outside help in terms of a, a governor's race or something to pull him along, uh, does he wait? Uh, does that cause him to, to pause at all? Or does uh, he announce and then uh, endure uh, what most, I think, would predict would probably be a loss for Herschel Walker on December the 6th? Mm-hmm. I think that's certainly a factor. I don't think it's just the Georgia runoff, though. I think in general, it's just last night's results were, were bruising for Republicans, right? This midterm cycle was supposed to be um, – you know, traditionally, when the opposite party controls Congress and the White House, it's going to be a good year for for your party, right? That yeah. didn't exactly happen. Um, you know, not just that, but there are a lot of concerns that a lot of Trump's picks he played a huge role in the candidate selection process, which is endorsements. And you know, Blake Masters didn't exactly pull out a huge victory. Um, Doctor Oz, you know, obviously lost as well. Um, uh, you know, another big concern for the Trump team is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He pulled off a win by 20 points, which yeah. is pretty pretty stunning. Um, and he's looking pretty strong right now. So 
I'm not sure that right now would be a, a smart time for him to announce the re-election. <laughs> so interesting. And, uh, and then as we as we look forward, uh, tell me something that you're looking at, something you're watching as it relates to some of these uh, leadership races, as it, obviously the presidential is there. Uh, what do you think the dynamics are? Obviously, we've, the Congress has got to come back and uh, deal with some short-term things like, I don't know, funding the government, <laughs> doing their job, <laughs> some of those things. But what else are you watching in the days ahead? Sure. Well, one leadership uh, position that is kind of hilarious um, and is Sean Patrick Maloney, the BCCC mm. chairman. Uh, he ran a he ended up with a much tougher than expected uh, general election campaign. He ended up losing last night to Republican. Uh, that was part of the big Republican wave that we only really saw in New York. Right. Yeah. In terms of bigger picture uh, leadership races to watch. um uh, Kevin McCarthy formally announced that he's running for speaker, right? He might get a challenge from um, somebody supported by the House Freedom Caucus. He's probably still expected to uh, sail to victory there. But, you know, again, Republicans' numbers last night weren't that great. And I think that Kevin McCarthy might get some slack for that. Yeah, I think that'll be a really interesting thing. And then what they do, and if they do end up uh, with the majority and the speakership, uh, what kind of agenda they actually set out will be uh, really interesting to to watch all of that dynamics. Uh, Audrey Falberg is a reporter for the Dispatch, covering Congress and campaigns. Uh, Audrey, will let you exhale uh, and then get ready to go again because uh, this this was not the uh, beginning of the end; it was really just the end of the beginning. I think. <laughs> That's right. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thanks, Audrey. We love the dispatch and uh, great reporting, really sound, uh, great writing, uh, as we always get from our friends at the dispatch. And uh, that's worth following, uh, checking out Audrey's piece today as well. Uh, And so as you look at all of that, uh, in terms of the the House races that are still yet to be called, you've got leadership races that are shortly to come. Uh, When Congress gets back, they'll probably start talking about those things once uh, these races have been decided uh, to a point where you can figure out who is in in charge. And and then the test will be, what does that look like? And as Audrey pointed out, uh, with Nancy Pelosi at 82, kind of hinting that she might step down uh, and not to be, even if it was in the minority leader, Steny Hoyer is 83, House Whip Jim Clyburn is 82, Uh, And you've got some young guns there on the left that are very interested in a changing of the guard. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries uh, being one of those. He's someone you should definitely put on your radar uh, as well. Well, that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. We know President Biden is uh, about to speak following the election. We'll pick that up as we move along. Hour number two of Inside Sources coming up next. Stay with us. Much more to come. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.